Hello and welcome to The Chronic Glow Show. I'm your host, Amy, and I'm a mindset coach and mentor for women with chronic illness who are ready to reclaim their power, feel confident, and live life with freedom and flow. I am so grateful that you chose to listen to this episode today, so let's dive straight in. Welcome back to another episode of the Chronic Glow Show. I'm really excited today to say that we've got Ellen from Ellen's in Wonderland um, on Instagram joining us and she's coming to talk all things chronic illness, sex, love and intimacy, which is a new topic on this podcast. So don't go anywhere, stick around. Um, I know it's I know it's not a topic that we all want to talk about, but it's, a, it's an important one. Um, but we're going to dig into that. And yeah, I'm really excited to get started. So Ellen, would you like to introduce yourself? So hi everyone, um, I am Ellen. I have an Instagram account which is Ellen's in Wonderland, which is my main account where I talk about fashion. Um, it was a travel account for a bit, um, but the kind of centre of it all is um, the fact that I've got arthritis. So although I talk about fashion and travel and lifestyle, um, a lot of my content does centre around um, my health because it's a big, big part of my life and um, I love the community and wouldn't want to not talk about that side of myself um, and then I've recently created an account called Flare Up and Coming which is um, getting a lot of attention at the moment I think understandably because um, like you said Amy it is something that we don't talk about enough and that's basically why I created the account and that account centres around um, exploring and navigating sex, intimacy and relationships um, when living with a chronic illness Amazing and I absolutely love your account, I feel like your Instagram is just the most uplifting inspiring account because you you share fashion and everything but you go so much deeper than that and it's like you've always got such important messages to share and I love um the fact when I saw that you'd create this new account it was like it was one of those because it's a bit edgy for me like even having this conversation I'm like oh this is like edgy for me <laughs> but I think it's such so important because we don't talk about those things and it's not just like the sex and things like that it's things like body positivity and body confidence when you've got chronic illness it's all of these conversations that we kind of like suppress within ourselves but actually people are dying to talk about it and and have these conversations and not enough people are doing it so I'd like you to just share a little bit more about your journey with chronic illness and when you got diagnosed and what that looked like growing up and coming into your adult adulthood. Yeah, of course. So um, I was diagnosed with uh, JIA at 18 months old. So I've been living with hospital appointments my whole life. I actually don't remember too much about um, being diagnosed. So when it comes to talking about sort of your diagnosis story and stuff like that, I always feel a little bit like I can't really be involved in those conversations because my mum went through my diagnosis. I did and for me, yeah. it's just always been part of my life. Um, so yeah, I was diagnosed with JAA at 18 months, then with uveitis at about five, which is a sort of related eye condition, um, a lot less heard of than different types of arthritis. Um, and I was actually went kind of into remission through my teenagers. So um, didn't actually, I had the uveitis still, but my arthritis didn't, didn't really affect me until kind of my early to mid twenties, where I had a pretty bad flare up of my uveitis, my arthritis, and I um, developed alopecia areata as well. So my immune system just was really sick of me by this point, clearly. <laughs> just went full force on the attack 
Um, and I kind of see that as more as my, my diagnosis moment because that's the moment that I really kind of was like, right, I need to take charge of my health because even before that, mum was still coming to all my appointments. I kind of was very blasé. I was like, I've got this stuff wrong with me, but and it needs to keep being checked. But at the moment, it didn't really affect my life. I was just like, it's just something I kind of trudge along with. Um, but when all that happened, I was like, right, I'm, I'm too old for her to be looking after me now. I've got to figure out this, like navigate this by myself. Um, so I did a lot of research. And that's when I started kind of talking about my health online, because I just found that yeah, probably like, I guess it was like six, seven years ago, um, maybe, maybe a little less, but there wasn't the kind of chronic illness community that we have now. Um, and I was like, right, let's, uh, let's just make the video myself because I was always already making YouTube at the time. Um, so I started making YouTube content about my health and I, um, became volunteer for versus arthritis as well. And just kind of was like, I need to take control of this and it's kind of just been evolving ever since it's a massive part of my life not just in the health way but in my hobbies and now my job as well so it's incredible and and a bit similar to you like it was the early 20s that was really it's that kind of crossover between okay it's no longer my parents responsibility to keep me alive and well yeah. it's actually now my responsibility and when you add on a chronic illness it can be quite like oh like shock to the system like I, I suddenly need to organize my whole life around this condition that feels completely overwhelming and and stressful how yeah. how did you cope like how did that look for you what what changes did you have to start making when you went through that in your early 20s um to be honest I think that was when I grew up like I was like <laughs> before that point like I wasn't wasn't really taking care of myself very well I was like um working a lot I was partying a lot I was just having a great time in all honesty and there's nothing wrong with that but that was kind of it really like shook me up and was like right this managing your health is because is going to be a big part of your life because anyone that lives with a chronic illness knows that managing your health sometimes can feel like a real full-time job if you're not at the doctors you're on the phone to them or you're worrying about a symptom and it, it it does like take over your life and I think that was my point where I just had to um realize that I needed to put it first as well and I need to put myself and my health first and um that was probably the biggest sort of shake-up really yeah definitely it is that moment of realization like if I continue as I am going this is not going to end well <laughs> yeah exactly and I think I was so um like oblivious to my not oblivious that's the wrong word but I was like I didn't I didn't really think anything of my health because I'd been living it with my whole life with it my whole life it was just a normal to me that I like I have something wrong with me sometimes it's worse sometimes it's better um it had never been as bad as it was at that point in the time I can remember as a kid it was way worse but um I've kind of blocked all of that out but I can never remember it being this bad so it was like a realization that I needed to like actually learn about it as well because you could tell like like you two would tell somebody that you have arthritis they'll be like oh my gran has that that was the headspace I was in I wasn't like I was like even still being diagnosed with it I was still like oh but it won't affect me really like and then when it did I was like oh right no, I need to do some research in how and why and yeah. what all this medication means and why I'm taking it. And that's, yeah. It's, it's taking control. The yeah, definitely. Back, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. 
So when it comes to, let's dive straight into this <laughs> topic that we're all here for, sex, love and intimacy. So what, what do you think is the most important thing around that topic that you, you talk about openly in, with, with other people? What, what comes up for you? I think, well, I think I need to start with the reason that like the account kind of came yeah, to be because I would, say, I would say that's like probably the answer to your question and it was that I was making a lot of um dating content for a bit which was amazing by oh, the way I loved that do you know what I love being in a relationship but I miss my dating content I feel like um, I lived like I've I've been in a relationship for about nine years so yeah. I started doing that I was like oh my god this is my single life coming I, <laughs> I was living my single life through you even though I wasn't single <laughs> and that's what everybody was saying and I was loving making it it was giving me so much more power in my dating life as well um and a topic that I'd, I'd put like polls up I'd um get people to ask me things and something that kept coming up was people asking me how I tell people about my my health mm. um and I was at the time I I'd kind of just tell people quite openly because of my job and my my hobbies it kind of slides really naturally into conversation but that's not the same for everybody um obviously and it kind of led me on to thinking like i tell people very quickly but a lot of people probably don't and it does impact my dating life um through maybe i need to cancel last minute to what i can do in the bedroom and i was like it, it really just got me thinking like it actually does impact dating quite heavily and with dating obviously comes relationships and sex and intimacy um and I put a poll a couple of polls up because I started to think about it so I put a few polls up and I was um I just wanted to know from people like how did that how do other people manage this and I put one up that was like do you feel comfortable asking your your nurse or your consultant anything about sex and the answer was 100% no and I had so many messages from people being like my consultant's like this mine's like this they wouldn't know the answer I feel so uncomfortable asking them this and like my inbox was flooded from these questions and I was like well we need somebody to ask <laughs> and I was like I'm not qualified in any way to um give advice about sex but I'm pretty good at googling I'm pretty good at reaching out to the right people and I want to create an account that we can pull all the information together and all like go on this little journey together um, and give each other advice but it really kind of stemmed from um from people not having anybody else to reach out to about it and now from researching I found a lot more accounts that exist but there's there isn't just one place to go to ask about it and I think that was for me what made me want to start this account definitely and I think I mean from my experience I, I was diagnosed with chronic illness when I was so I was first ill at 16 then I got diagnosed with ME when I was 18 so and then I was in a relationship from 17 so like my whole my whole chronic illness journey has essentially been my whole relationship yeah and navigating that and even in the past few years there's been things that cropped up that I'm like oh how do I deal with this whilst having sticking with this like healthy relationship in the bedroom kind of thing and it's one of those things that's like who do you go to talk to because yeah. like 
you've got to, you want someone who understands from the chronic illness point of view, but you don't necessarily know that person. Or if you do, you're not necessarily comfortable having a conversation. Like for me, that would be my mum, like, yeah, but I don't really want to have a conversation about that with you. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And I think all of a sudden, like that is narrowed down and then you end up just dealing with it. And I think there is a sort of general assumption that people with chronic illness either don't have sex or there's nothing wrong like there's yeah. no limitations and it's like just like anybody else yeah they it's like that couldn't be further from the truth <laughs> yeah and I think the kind of stigma around disability and chronic illness and sex is that we don't want it or we don't have it which is yeah. just completely incorrect and like the worst stigma ever and I think even since I've started started this account, I've seen so many more people talking about it as well. Um, because I think it got to the point where it's like, we can't avoid this anymore. We can't just think everybody with a disability isn't sexy and isn't worthy and doesn't deserve sex and doesn't want sex. It's just like, I think it didn't start with that being my, um, my drive for it. But the more like, research and work and people I've spoken to um, in the sort of disability and sex space, I, I feel like I'm just getting more and more passionate about like the activism side of it and wanting to be yeah. like, no, we need to break down these barriers um, as well as um, giving people the right advice. And yeah, some of the questions people come to me with, I'm like, oh God, I have absolutely no idea, but I will find you the answer. <laughs> um, so if someone was in that position where they wanted to start open this conversation or they wanted to have a conversation maybe with their partner and um, whether it was a new partner or an existing partner about how they can have sex safely in the bedroom supporting their chronic illness how would you go about that sort of what advice would you have for that person I think my biggest advice and the biggest thing I've um, learned from this account is communication so I think it's figuring out what makes you most comfortable um, and communicating that to your partner and I think saying that though a lot of the time you don't know what's going to make you feel comfortable so it's about being open with your partner that you want to kind of experiment with things maybe it's using a new toy or using lube in the bedroom and they seem to be the kind of biggest things that are helping people um just being open about being like, I don't know if this is going to work for me, but we need to try it. And it's going to make both our sex lives better. Yeah. I think, and I don't think any, anybody's partner is going to not want to be, be, not be open to something that's going to make sex better for them as well. Um, and obviously some of the time sex is a two person thing. So you do need to have that, um, that open communication and also don't be afraid to experiment on your own as well and um figure out what works for you so that you can communicate it to your partner partner better um i think just the biggest thing i've learned from all my research is is open communication um whether that's with yourself or with your partner and experimenting as well yeah um, a, but yeah sorry yeah, a big part of that is is trust isn't it it's trusting yeah yourself it's trusting your partner it's trusting that what you're going to be trying is could potentially help you and that I think is one of the biggest barriers because if you're not if you don't if you can't trust and it's not necessarily like oh you don't trust your partner but it's that conversation is it is a difficult conversation to have and you've got to have a really really solid foundation to be able to have it on and 
I think, and having it with yourself and being honest with yourself and trusting yourself to be able to have that conversation and even start thinking about it. Because that's a lot of the, a lot of the problem is that we actually don't want to think about it. So yeah. we just like block it and we're like, well, let's not worry about this today. Yeah. And it just gets put off and put off and put off. But as you said, like starting the conversation and having that open communication is so important for yourself and, and with the partner, whichever, you know, if you're having sex on your own or just on your, um, with your partner. Yeah. Like, what else what um things have come up like from starting this account what are like the biggest questions people are asking you and how how have you sort of dealt with those questions like what answers have you got so i think probably the biggest question is just generally how to make sex more comfortable that's definitely been the kind of biggest most um like mainstream kind of question um and it it's actually once you kind of get into the, the research side of things, there is a lot of information out there for that. Um, and it seems to be a lot of like repetitive information. So apparently I actually haven't used one yet, but I'm, I'm definitely going to, because I apparently preach about them so much. I probably should. Um, but this is all from um, like sex experts and um, chronic illness, like experts as well, that sex pillows are just meant to be an absolute godsend. And you can obviously prop yourself up with your own pillows and stuff, but pillows specifically made for it are meant to be incredible and I feel like I need to need to try one so I can actually review it for people but um I've yeah. never even heard of one <laughs> <laughs> honestly I'd, I'd seen them a little bit before um doing this research but never kind of from a, a way of it puts someone in a comfortable position to make their sex life better if they're in pain in certain places so that's something I've um I've found out because that is the question that comes up the most how do I make it most comfortable for for myself how do I make it comfortable for me and for my partner as well and then honestly there's there's so much that comes up so I did a whole kind of kink week recently um and that's because a a lot of people were requesting some more information on it and um I'd read a lot about the the correlation between people with chronic illnesses and enjoying practicing kink because it is that kind of like relinquishment of control mm. and taking back control well relinquishment of control of yourself but also taking back control of like your pain and there is a, a, a massive kind of link between people who suffer with a disability or chronic illness and wanting to practice kink so I was like you know what let's do a whole week about it and people were amazing they were so open to sharing their stories and it was great it was a really kind of like good piece to put together and it was really interesting for me as well um, and then we've also had kind of almost more serious topics. So um, people asking about um, contraception and medication. Um, and I've reached out to a, a charity who specialize in um, like medical and sexual health. So um, they're gonna be putting together some, um, some pieces on contraception and uh, chronic illness because that's, I don't feel qualified to, to talk about that in the slightest. Um, so I was just like, I've just got to find the right people who can kind of help me with this. Um, and then it's about like a lot about body confidence as well, which I talk about on my main page as well as on um, Flare Up and Coming. And kind of that's kind of the biggest overlap of the two pages, I'd say. Amazing. Yeah. So so wide much, range. <laughs> yeah, there's so much yeah. information. And I think it's one of those like rabbit holes that you don't even know, you don't know what you don't know. And like, opening of that conversation all of a sudden you're exposed to so much and you're like like even just now I didn't even I've never heard of a sex pillow <laughs> now I feel like I need to go and research it <laughs> yeah did a whole post on the top 10 best ones oh, is my, I think I'm it was the post, like really recently yeah <laughs> but it's it is these things and it's just opening this conversation allows people to be like there is help out there there's support out there there are people who are going through the same thing yeah um, in terms of so if we 
rewind a little bit to relationships and sort of embarking on maybe a new relationship with a chronic illness how how did you find that side of things obviously did you say you're in a relationship now yeah in a relationship for about seven months oh amazing (laughs) very new so how did that look with your partner like opening up and talking about the chronic illness and like the initial first sort of meetings with that yeah so I I talk about I've talked about this quite a lot online actually because I feel like my experience is so different to the experience a lot of people would have um so I try not I try to tell my story but also like my advice would almost be different so my um my story is that I always would tell people really early on um I feel like when you're dating a a conversation that comes up in about three questions in is always what do you do for a living um and I obviously um I work for Arthur who are a company that make um homeware for people living with arthritis and I'm obviously ridiculously passionate about my job (laughs) I live and breathe it um and I am very open with being like I I love and live and love and live and breathe my job because it's a really personal thing for me because I live with arthritis um and I don't think the products that are out there for us are great and I want to make them better that's why it would always come up really naturally uh, really early on and I liked that because I liked to sense people's reaction to it because I think somebody who has an issue with the fact they have a chronic illness would come up very quickly from that conversation um and it's not even it can be very a subtle issue with them like being like have you tried like an anti-inflammatory diet have you tried working out more and then I'd be like all right you're not you're not the person for me um whereas someone who's got kind of genuine questions or even just says oh yeah I know some of arthritis is that's fine that was nice um you'd always get like a few unexpected reactions but it would sort of filter people out for me um so that's why I'd always kind of bring it up quite early on um and then I think once I'd get to know somebody a bit better and maybe I'd see it either getting a bit more serious um then I'd kind of like try to explain more how it affects my everyday life um because that's obviously something if I wanted to be serious with somebody they is it it will impact them as well realistically and they have to be okay with that um and to be honest I think most people are okay with it you obviously get some assholes but <laughs> um uh, most people were, were okay with it but um then I always say like my my advice to people is you don't owe anybody your medical history so um I am obviously like straight away like this is um my whole whole medical history from 18 months old to this but like I don't really think anybody deserves that unless you feel like comfortable and confident to to give it to them um so my advice is always just tell somebody when it feels right and when you feel ready to do it but don't I would say don't avoid it forever because um you learn a lot about a person when you tell them you've got a chronic illness um but also they don't need to have that information until you're ready as well it's finding a balance isn't it like yeah you don't want to give them like a rundown of like and this year I had this <laughs> and this year this happened like you don't they don't need a full-on rundown yeah maybe just having like a quick sort of almost like a little glance over oh by the way I've I've got whatever arthritis ME whatever it is yeah and, and these are the I always say like these are the three main ways that it affects me that it might that, and it, I always think of like how does it affect them like telling them something that's going to potentially impact them so like as you said before like cancelling I have this 
x condition which might cause fatigue which might mean that i need to cancel last minute and i just want you to know that so that if that happens and so you get the reaction but it's not like i've given you my whole life story because that can be quite um a lot for for us and them you know as somebody you've just met they don't really want your whole life story no. <laughs> you don't necessarily want to give it but yeah. I think it's definitely finding that balance and I love how you said like you tell everybody straight away but also you say <laughs> you tell people not that they don't have to share their whole medical yeah. and I'm like that's literally me I'm like do yeah. what's comfortable for you <laughs> yeah like because because I get asked a lot and like, I've done quite a lot of podcasts recently and they always ask like when do you tell people and I'm like Okay, I'm going to be honest about when I tell people, but I'm not saying this is the right thing to do in the slightest. <laughs> it's all about what's right for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, starting, like, if we go into sort of the dating sort of pool, how, how, what were the responses? Like, were there any sort of horror stories or what were the responses to you telling them? Yeah, so I'd say I only had a couple of horror stories. Most oh, people were just, were just normal people and just were like, cool, that's a thing. <laughs> like, that's, thanks for that's telling. That's reassuring. Yeah. Anybody who's currently in the dating world, yeah. listen to this. <laughs> yeah, honestly, people were, were mostly normal. Um, I did have one guy and he was like in like super into the gym like he was like I think he was a bodybuilder or something I don't know it was very like his profile was like gym 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 um and I told him about it and he was like um he was the one that was like have you tried an anti-inflammatory diet have you tried like all these different workouts have you tried this have you tried this and I'm like didn't ask you for advice like at all that's not what we're doing um but that was just like that's to me like it didn't it didn't come across in like a caring way. Mm. It came across in like, you're mistreating your body. That's why you're sick way, yeah. which I'm like, like <laughs> yeah, absolute massive red flag for me. Like I was like, no, like, I'm, I'm not even going to like acknowledge this conversation. I just am not really interested in this conversation and talking to you anymore. Like that was for me. And he was like, cause it was like a lot. He went over like all the, these different exercises, all these different things I should be eating. I was just like, oh my God, like, what that's world? a lot that, that's a lot for somebody to yeah like, <laughs> so yeah he got he got he was gone pretty quickly um and then I was talking to a guy for a while and actually this put me off swapping Instagrams with people I would I would kind of give somebody my Instagram not not early but like similar times maybe swapping numbers if they asked for it and maybe I wanted to see theirs as well and obviously my Instagram is full of content about having a chronic illness and I I don't know if this is why but I gave him my Instagram and then he ghosted me after that and I'm like I'm like I don't and maybe it wasn't why but I'm like I don't really know what else is on my Instagram that you would would so give anybody you would be offended by yeah like that was so unless I'd know it I he I don't know I honestly can't think of anything else I'm like I feel like in that scenario, if he's if he's not willing to accept like the Instagram and like what you talk about, then he's yeah. really not the one for you. Exactly. Yeah. Like I so that they're probably the two kind of most memorable um things that that happened that one I is definitely related to my my health one is unclear <laughs> <laughs> yeah you kind of want the feedback form like, That's okay, what I, was like me. I would really like you to fill out this questionnaire and tell me why yeah. <laughs> I'm just like like I I'm just genuinely curious, like, because that's obviously I put it down to my health, but it might not have been maybe saw a picture he didn't like. And in there, I'm like, still like, 
you're a crazy person. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not sure um, what it was, but I, I can assume yeah. that's what it was. Um, but yeah, that's probably yeah. my my two horror stories. But other than that, like I, because I, I, yeah, I did a podcast the other day where it was like all about dating, basically. And I got off it and I asked my boyfriend, like, when did I tell you about my my health and he's like I don't know I don't remember and I'm like okay <laughs> okay it was really good things that yeah, it was like, him. yeah it was like really um really uh, made a big difference to our conversation then yeah. didn't it? he was like he was like I genuinely don't know he's like it's just you isn't it like, oh that's so yeah. sweet though yeah I was like I, I did want some like do you know like any kind of anything memorable from it I could tell a story oh. about next time no, nothing gave me nothing oh. <laughs> so helpful <laughs> um so in terms of like starting that new relationship and I obviously feel free to share as much as as little as you want but starting that new relationship and navigating sort of in the bedroom for the first moments with with somebody with your chronic illness like how did that feel for you and and him if you don't mind sharing that no no I don't mind sharing so um I I would say that the the, the, the major thing that affects me is I've got arthritis in my hips. Mm-hmm. So that obviously affects me, can affect me in the bedroom. And to be honest, I think this was a big reason that I was like, I need to start this account. I have always been someone that's very open with talking about sex. Um, I find sex really interesting. I love talking about it. Um, my girls are probably sick of listening to me being like, this is a new to- toy I bought. You should all get it. It's amazing. You can have the best orgasm ever. Like, and I'm like, I just needed somewhere to put this information. <laughs> honestly I'm like I I I was I'm quite open about talking about it anyway so with navigating this new relationship um I just kind of bought I was very comfortable with him very quickly and it kind of just led me to be really open with talking about sex talking about what worked for me what didn't um and I think that kind of openness from the very beginning of when we started having sex um, has just kind of continued Mm. throughout our relationship. And I think because we're so open in such an intimate space of our lives, it makes our communication everywhere else even better as well. Um, It's like quite like a big impact, I'd say. Um, Just that kind of, yeah, just because it's not like, I I feel like I've done enough enough kind of like exploring myself and what works for me and I know there's certain positions I can't be in for too long and I'm just quite quite open about it I'm like if I'm in pain you need to move me and I'll let you know (laughs) and that's sort of like how we how we just have been since the beginning because I've like like telling him I had arthritis it was just very kind of natural to me to be like there are some things I can and can't do it doesn't mean you're not going to have a good time (laughs) basically (laughs) what you just said then is like you've already explored what works for you and what feels good for you and and in terms of like the chronic illness and just in general like yeah is that something that you would like recommend like if somebody was maybe in a new relationship or wasn't actually sure what they like what felt good for them to support their chronic illness like how could they start that process of coming confident with themselves so that they can then communicate what they need with a partner how might that look I think it's, I think it probably just yeah, experimenting with um, 
different things with yourself in the bedroom. Um, and if, if you are lucky enough to, to be with a, a long-term partner already, introducing those things in, um, and also doing research as well, because um, although I felt I had to start flare up and coming to try and like pull it all together, there is actually quite a lot of information out there. And it's kind of weird because it's a world that seems to be um, so like under talked about, that all the research has been done by like really good quality medical professionals as well. So like a lot of the, the research that I've found has all been like really reputable sources. So I would like honestly just have a Google and explore the internet and see if there is anything out there that kind of matches what you're going through and see what they recommend as well. Um, and then uh, check out different Instagram pages. Um, I've got a, a post coming up where I'm going to kind of link all my best kind of resources. I was about well. to ask you, like, yeah. what are your favourite resources? Um, yeah, no, I'm go definitely going to, I'm, I'm going to start putting, I'm starting putting it together because there is, it feels like there's people um, and resources that I go back to all the time. Um, I would say one of the biggest kind of inspirations for that account is um, Hannah Witten. Okay. Um, so she's a, a YouTuber, um, sex educator YouTuber, I'd say. Um, and she's got, um, I think she's got Crohn's. Uh, I, I don't want to, don't want to quote that, but I think that, I think she's got Crohn's. And so she's done like, um, round tables talking about sex and relationships with people with chronic illness and disabilities that are great. Um, she just talks about, um, what sex has been like for her with her stoma and like, she's just an amazing, um, person to watch online and she promotes a lot of really great resources as well so I would recommend her as like a really great starting point um, definitely and then there's a blog I, don't, I think it might be American I'm not 100% sure it's called Creaky Joints mm -hmm. um, they're on uh, it's like on Instagram and I think they're mainly a blog though but they have written a lot of content around um, sex and relationships that I would recommend checking out um, and I know Arthur's Place are looking into doing like a lot more about it as well it's an area they want to explore which is um, really exciting but um, I'm yeah I'm gonna put a whole post together with all my best resources oh, there's also another podcast a podcast called Undressing Disability that's really good so there's actually quite a lot out there yeah. once you uh, start exploring it all Amazing. yeah yeah so um, a little quick fire what yeah. Um, are your top three things, I don't really know what the term is, but things that you use in the bedroom that have supported you or know that you've have supported other people um, with sex and chronic So health. I think, although I haven't tried one, I think I need to say a sex pillow is seems to be an all-round absolute favourite from people I've spoken to, to kind of online blogs. Um, it's talked about so so highly um another thing that everybody always mentions to me is use lube if like if you need to there is no shame in using lube it can make things more fun there's a whole wide range i've done a whole post about different ones that can work for you there's cbd infused ones um that can sort of ease pain while you're using them there's, oh, there's so much there's, yeah and then the biggest one is obviously communication like you can you could take that anywhere with you, you don't just spend any money on it and <laughs> um, and then yeah just communicate with whoever either yourself or whoever you're having sex with or being intimate with um and yeah that's probably my my big ones <laughs> um and then one last question what is one piece of advice that you'd give to someone who is in a similar position as you were maybe in your early 20s um i'd say just educate yourself 
and make sure you've got enough um, knowledge and confidence so that when you turn up to your hospital and doctor's appointments you know how to best deal with those situations and also you know how to navigate work and your social life as you're educated on your condition and feel confident enough to tell people when you're having a good or bad day that just affects so many areas of your life so just get educated and get yourself that control and that confidence to um, make your life as easy as possible um, because you're going to have highs and lows and you, you need to figure out how to navigate them and um, confidence and education really helps that. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ellen. Um, and just quickly before we go, um, where can people find you if they want more? Yeah, so it's um, Ellen's in Wonderland on Instagram and also on YouTube. And then if you want to learn more about um, sex and relationships, um, it's Flare Up and Coming. Coming spelled C-U-M-M. -M. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been such a good conversation. And I honestly feel like so many um, people listening are going to find so much value in this and hopefully open oh, a conversation so. either just within themselves or with a partner that they might not have broached before. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been great. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please do let me know by taking a quick screenshot and sharing it on Instagram stories, tagging me at Chronic Glow. I appreciate you so much and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode.